Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service, so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep, and she don't know where to find them. Yo! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Talking about the Really? Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome to the RUScreening.com podcast. Yeah. I'm your host, RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. It's, it's not our show. I had, I had to, Usually I had it's to me. cough. No, I know, but it's almost like you held it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. this week, uh, the girl on the train. Uh, which uh, managed to lead a really slow box office. Um, you know, obviously, yeah. obviously, we we want to be able to say, "Hey, it won the box office." Because right. uh, if you're making the movie, sure, what do you? you that's what that, you want. That's as long as you get to have that headline. But yeah. it was like 24 million or I something. I mean, that's like third place. Good weekends, or right. you know. Um, there were there were so many. I, I'd like to get a chart of that actually. Like all every week, right? Every movie that won the <laughs> week and how much movie it, how much money it made because yeah. you know I I saw the thing and I'm like okay it led the box office and then 24 million well hooray okay. that's yeah. like uh, that's like Westworld getting three million viewers. Right. <laughs> and then you yeah. and then you uh, think back to days when shows really had viewers. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because uh, actually, well, I bring that up because somebody emailed me um, about uh, you know the fact that we were talking about like growing pains, oh, getting yeah. tons, cool stuff, getting tons right. of uh, numbers and stuff. Yeah, and uh, they had they had looked up some stuff. Yeah, uh, because apparently they said what, right. how there much, or big. whatever. Right. Like, is it really comparatively that big? And uh, growing pains. A completely goofy show right. that, you know, today would probably not last a whole season. Right. Right. I mean, maybe it would because they're... I don't know. Maybe it would now. Maybe it would, maybe it would now because now there's kind of this uh, going back to like 80s right. style things that are getting played because TV Land is coming out with sure. a bunch of uh, trying to make new shows but sort of feel like 80s shows. Yeah. And you got like, you know, like that... Uh, still standing right show that you know whatever so maybe it would who knows but anyway the point was um growing pains in its height was getting uh more viewers every week consistently right. throughout the season than american idol has ever had right and it was not the number one show right it was always <laughs> it, like three or four it, it, or was, six. it, it was, was never top it was not yeah. even that big of right. a show and it got more than, and American Idol is like the biggest thing ever. And that's been on TV for right, like ever too. Like yeah, yeah. Anyway, so there's your uh, numbers report right. on TV, and that's just and I mean, and and what a crazy world it is, and yeah. trying to figure out, trying to just think about what the big networks have been going through. <laughs> yeah, when I. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. As no, just as as all the cable net as the universe changes for TV. <laughs> And you've got people 
you know, in the eighties and nineties before you get the massive onslaught of all the channels who are getting these numbers. This is their job. They understand how things work. And then boom, now we've got to still somehow pay everyone right (laughs) and you know whatever right get advertising for me it's you know we lived through it we don't remember it because of a wikipedia page or a you know classic tv channel we we were through it and when i hear of these things when i remember these things i remember i remember so many tv shows even the really horrible horrid ones but i have to remember i have to try to remember what played opposite growing pains on the other channels that was bad enough Right. To not beat the show. Because, you know, I know a lot of people have an affinity for certain niche shows. I never understood Growing Pains. There was right. never any reason for me in whatever age I was to watch it. Yet it was huge. Except that you had no other choice. Really. Right. That, but there, that's there the whole thing. Other, there were only two other options. Right. And right. maybe one of them was, you know, like a news show. But I don't right. think so. And, or I think or were it, just shows. And I'm thinking how bad those shows had to suck but, to make growing. But, you know, a, it's winner. actually awesome. And, you know, we won't talk about this for, oh, forever. But all day. it's actually awesome if you go back and look through yes, the schedules. The yes. Like look through the lineup in, you know, the mid 80s or whatever. Thursday night. And yeah. it's... Uh, it's like the networks mostly mm-hmm. agreed yeah. that they would, you know, yeah. this, you'll be comedy yeah. during right. this time. We'll have drama, you know, somebody else will have a movie or a new show or, yeah. or something that's in between, but the shows you were, you were almost never like consistently all through the entire eighties, yeah. right? You were almost never, at a point where you were going, I like that comedy and I like that comedy too. Right. Which one am I going to watch? watch? Because they just, you yeah, know, it, never happened. it didn't matter. Right. So if you wanted to watch comedy yeah. or you didn't want to want to watch, uh, you know, like Matlock or, yeah. you know, whatever, I mean, you had no choice. And you got the, your show got the ratings because it's a comedy that's on. And it I was just remember like listening to George Costanza, right? <laughs> You're watching it because it's on. I remember how amazing it was when Fox, took the air and how hard hit certain shows just plummeted. Right. There right. Was a fourth option because there was something else. There was to always do. a fourth yeah. option, but nobody really watched MPBN or PBS or, or wherever it like was. UHF whatever, or... Yeah, whatever it was. You watched ABC, NBC or CBS. Yeah. And then when Fox came on and I remember like married with children had like crushing numbers. That show was different because it was crude and very low budget and lewd and like very sarcastic. But the shows that it took out, yeah, shouldn't have been yeah. at the top anyway. All, all the other networks yeah. went. It was just funny. So the bonkers, more options you so. get, the more crazy things are. Anyway, okay, the girl on the train. Now you got uh, fact checked through email on Growing Pains. I, I love it. I did. I think that's great. And uh, and I lived to tell the tale. Yeah. <laughs> the, did the box office real quick before we switch? Because you mentioned it. Did it? Did I read it wrong? Did Birth of a Nation really do that bad? Like, yeah. It was only like yeah. Five million, six million. It did, I mean, it that's, did crazy that's bad. Horrible. Yeah. Bad. Like that studio's it, collapsing bad. It did. It did massively bad. And not, saw not only crazy. that, but there were apparently some places on the internet, and you know I haven't fact checked right. them. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, but some places on the internet are reporting that they have whatever done. Uh, whatever research they did. I don't know. They did exit <laughs> polls at the theater or whatever. Right. I love it. But they are saying that it, you know, specifically comes down to the director and oh, right. his attitudes and his yeah. not saying 
the, not being apologetic or whatever, whatever, however he's portrayed or yeah. whatever people think about him is uh, seriously having an effect on how it's doing at the box office. Now, whether that's true or not, like I said, I have no idea. But The first thing that I thought of, I mean, we'll have to talk about it more than a second, but the first thing I thought of is that it's two months early. Like, why are they releasing yeah. that outside of post-Thanksgiving, pre-Christmas Oscar push? Right, like, right. I don't get that, but anyway. Anyway, uh, so The Girl on the Train. So uh, this week, we're not really doing any news Um because there's, uh, there's no fantastic news right. except that, you know, like divorce aired on HBO and that's actually a really cool show. Yeah. Um, I was surprised to find that show really fun. Um, tonight, I'm pretty sure American housewife is on ABC, but still yeah. uh, a lot of the talk is just the new shows and that's what people are talking about. And the, you know, next episode of Westworld and, right. Whatever, but anyway, there's not a lot of staggeringly interesting news. Um, so I thought we would do uh, just a, a run through quickly of, you know, movies that are coming up. Yeah, that's good. And uh, I don't know, people seem to like it when we do that. So I let do. us know if you don't. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I guess like I look forward to them. Um, but here's what I thought we would do instead of know. our usual fare: is that we would give our ratings for the girl on the train. And oh. then not talk about it for a while. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> and then we can talk about That's it. That's probably better for us. Then uh, all the Girl on the Train fans know to stop listening right away. And, we, you know, we, right. we do that for our listeners. We so we, yeah, that's good. <laughs> we trick them into all not right, listening to us anymore. Uh, so the Girl on the Train. Emily Blunt, obviously a gigantic best-selling novel that uh, everyone loved and we didn't read. Right. That's our first disclaimer, which, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, the second disclaimer is I think the trailers for this movie are pretty good. Um, they obviously can't give a lot away, Yeah. but you know, they kind of like hooked me into wanting to see the movie and I don't think that they're, uh, you know, tricking you in any way. And you go in and go, this is not the movie I thought it was. So yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I thought yeah, I thought the trailers cool. the trailers work pretty well. Pretty so if honest. you go see the trailer, you have a good idea what you're in for. Um, yeah. As far as rating, I don't know if you have written down my rating I have, yet. I've jotted it down. <laughs> you might be surprised because uh, I had to think. Uh, you might be surprised a little bit anyway. Okay. Um, because I did, you know, have to at the end of the day make kind of a decision about this one. We were talking, we were talking about this this one. And so we already talked about it. So it's probably not that hard to figure out my rating, but at the end I had to give this one. You might've flipped. uh, I didn't exactly flip because I, you know, I was on both sides of the fence from the beginning. So it's like hard to flip. But uh, at the end of the day, I had to give this one three and a half. Ooh, I gave you four. Ah, I'm not that far. Well, you're, well, I figured I figured you would like it just a little better because when we when we were discussing it, which we'll do more after we do our thing. I was you, you so were, the, the, the flip is the yeah. flip is uh, just I guess so people know right. Um, when we walked out, I would have probably given this like a six. Yeah, and I, I or think, somewhere around there. I think I would have given it maybe a four. And and now you've you and now you got worse or I, better. I, I got a little better. I went to four and a half. Oh, not okay. much better, but I think it's just below average. Right. And especially for the genre film that it is in, just a little below it, but we'll talk more about it. Yeah. And why later. But right. So uh, so now you know the rating. Go now seven. you're hooked. Yeah, right. right? Now why you're did, hooked and you can listen crazy? later. So um, 
just to go through, first of all, okay. next week we'll be doing the accountant because that's a big thing next week, right? But just so you uh, have an idea of the very strange few weeks that are coming up. Are you looking forward to that? The accountant? Yeah. I, 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 I am. I am yeah. really. Okay. I wasn't sure. And I almost feel like I'm, I'm looking forward to it almost like despite the things I know about right. it or exactly. saw about it and not and not really because of the things that I saw even right. like the trailers the trailers seem like uh the movies kind of trying to be odd for odd's sake mm-hmm. and that's not like a big sell for me right. uh, it's just what okay here's the story but how can we make it a little weirder or how can we make the Man. characters a little more odd yeah. just because I want right. them to be odd, odd. Right. and so that doesn't exactly I haven't been able wow to see me, the right? first trailer again that I saw for it, which was a lot of him as a kid being really gifted. And it looked more beautiful minded right, right. than Jason Bornish. Now it just looks they, like an autistic Jason Bourne. They, 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 they walk you through like his yeah. life a little bit. And I really quickly, thought yeah. that was going to be a different movie. And then when I saw the second trailer, <laughs> I, I was kind of like paused. Right. Like, That's not like, wait, what? I saw at right. All. right. So I don't think how are those the same right. movies? Yeah. And, and now I understand that it's going to be more like the action film. Like he's more of the professional, but he's got like the crazy mind. Right. Mind. And, and we may, okay. we may show you that stuff from the first trailer real quick, right. but it's not it's what not we're really about. Right. And right. I really right. genuinely thought, you know, he's going superhero film, you know, at Ben Affleck. Now he's going beautiful mind. Then he'll go back to superhero. Like he's going to do these staggered <laughs> right. things. And now I was totally wrong, but I, I was confused. Yeah, it, you know, it, I was actually kind of like, "What? I don't, know, I don't know what film this is." It, so it is a little weird. But I'm so, looking forward. To but it, the so. accountant is uh, clearly the big, big thing, right yeah, next week. Right. But if you uh, are desperate to stay away from that or want other options, right? Also, next week is Max Steel. I kind of want to see that too. I don't understand this movie at all. Yeah. I I don't understand how where did this come from yeah. to be a movie right. at all. It's a movie based on a toy. Yeah. And it's a movie based on a toy that's not based on something else. Right, it's just it, a toy. It's not like there's a comic yeah. and they made a toy. I know. I love it's it. it's just a toy. And here's the weird thing. <laughs> yeah. This is some like weird black hole of the kid world that somehow has completely eluded me. Right. Because I had never heard of it. Yeah. And I have lots of kids. Right. And they're different ages. So you had. Right. And and I've got like a big span. Yeah. And I'm in the toy store a lot. Right. I I wander around in the toy store. Yeah. And I had never heard of this toy. And then I find out, I'm like, well, what is this toy? Right. right. Because now I need to know. have it. Yeah. And then I find out it's been around forever. Yeah. And no one has ever yeah. made any effort to get me to know what it is. Right. It's like some weird, like indie, you know. Sure. <laughs> well, it's almost like it's a foreign toy. Like it's big. Right. Europe, right. Right. Not here. And it's never been here, but now it's kind of coming. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I, it's I blame, really weird. And. Uh, the other thing that I think is a little weird about this is I could really see this from what I've seen of the movie and the trailers and, right. and what it's supposed to be about yeah. and all that. I could really see this being a really popular, like straight to video movie right. because it it doesn't look like we're trying that hard. Right. And it looks like the story <laughs> is 
really for kids. Yeah. Not in a bad way. No, not straight. For not kids. that that means yeah. that it's bad or stupid, but really for kids. Right. And yet here it comes in theaters and uh, who's going to this? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't get that movie. Um, it looks even like a moderately interesting idea for a story. Yeah. Except that it, it's mixing in like this being a superhero ness with this weird robot alien thing from like batteries, not included. Like, yeah. like we're going back like 30 years to, you're figure curious. out what to do. Th- You're curious. We might have to see this. I'm so not curious. <laughs> anyway, but if you have, I mean, yeah. if you have kids and you're right, and, and you're looking you're, for something, you're if, you, if you've got the right age, demographic, whatever thing right. going on, then you've got a good option. Uh, also next week is certain women, yep. which is so far as I can tell, getting really mixed reviews. Oh uh, yeah. It, like really love it or hate it. Not a lot of people saying, eh, you right. know, it's, it's okay and maybe you'll like it. It's yeah. uh, Kristen Stewart, Michelle Williams. It's like this uh, rambling anthology of three different women's stories at a certain time and their struggle and uh, yeah. and basically sort of watching unhappy people for the sake of watching unhappy people it's it's not uh Sounds like girl on a train. it's not a fun movie yeah uh, from what i hear i haven't i haven't oh, seen right. It. right but um anyway that's that option so if you've got you know this we're back in the 80s on tv you've got the accountant max Steele, or certain women you have to watch <laughs> something pick one of those right? So, right there you go and and they're they're very different options we're going to save yeah. the box office from anyone having to make too hard a choice yeah. right you don't have to pick the accountant versus jason Bourne or whatever right. so right we're making that simple for you. Um, the week after is uh, on the 21st. We've got Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. Yeah. So that will clearly be what we see. Yeah. That's kind of the biggest uh, release. Um, and also, and and you know, I I, I like the first movie. I, I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm, I I'm interested it. to see the second movie, yeah. but here's the thing. Uh, I'm a little nervous about the second movie because Jack Reacher, even though I liked it, yeah, it. I mean, it wasn't a great movie or anything. It was yeah, just it was it was fun and I liked it and yeah. and that kind of thing, right? But it's also very much the kind of movie that could turn out a really stupid sequel. Oh yeah, it, it could it could be like might be better than the original. It, it could be like you know I don't know. We'll give you a bunch of money if you make right. another one. Okay, I have to sure, come I'll up with that. an idea yeah. then, and somehow I have to make this work for another thing. And the you know the story you get out of the trailer, which is not a whole lot, is uh, you know kind of a routine story. Yeah, you know, looks, uh, yeah. you know, it's uh, his his friend. Right. who's his you know one of his friends Liaison. slash contacts yeah. in the military gets framed for something now yeah. he's got to go save the day and take on the whole military right. i guess yeah. or whatever and it's just you know it's very it, it's not like we had to you know dig deep in the imagination well right. to come up with that and yeah. so then we're you know it feel it could be the kind of movie where we're just knocking something out to knock something out so maybe it you know, I don't know. I'm I'm nervous about it. It looks like it's sold exclusively on Tom Cruise 
an action film. You know, his charisma and the fact that he's going to punch people. And and actually, okay. Right. You know, I'm okay with that. I love that the idea, I love that the title is, you know, Never Go Back. Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. Right. And yet, they're going back. Never make a sequel. Like, yeah. Right. So. Yeah, that'll be fun. Okay. Uh, the the big. That'll be, that'll be good. The, that this is actually an interesting week though on the twenty first because there there are a lot of options. Uh, the the next Ouija movie comes out because it's near Halloween and right. we have to. We need and, some uh, horror films here. I have no super no, expectations for that. Yeah. Because uh, it's very it, yeah. it's a very uh, goofy fraternity party night. Sure. What you know whatever kind of movie that you not paying attention to really, but you have a bunch of people with you and you want to be scared. Yeah. You know, whatever. I don't know. It doesn't look like it's uh, trying to do anything really fantastic. Although a step up maybe from boo, a Medea Halloween. (laughs) Oh man, you know, you know, you'd love it. And I don't know. People will go see it. The Tyler Perry stuff. I I have not seen anything Medea that I could stand to watch. So I haven't either. So there, you've got well, that. You've got any, that option. I haven't seen any Medea stuff there. I can beat that. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't actually had to. So it could it be judgment. great. So you don't know. It might be great. You can't say anything. I uh, I, I saw the first couple. Yeah. And then you know I, I'd watch parts of uh, right. some of the others and everything, and it's just like whatever. And then after the first couple, I'm like, I'm not doing that. I keep waiting for the one that's based myself on the Tom Loke film, the funky cold Medea. Yeah, that's, that's what I want to see. That should be. Why is that not out? I don't know. <laughs> if it comes out now, I'm taking a cut. Tyler Terry right. owes me. That's right. We have your uh, right. your, your name <laughs> in stone here. That's right. So, uh, but then also that week, keeping up with the Joneses, which, uh, yeah. looks a little goofy. Yeah. But also like uh, it has the potential, right? You know, to be a fairly good kind of. Uh, wacky, zany yeah. comedy type thing, and it's uh, Gal Gadot's in it, Zach Galifianakis, John Hamm, and it's like the spies move in next door. Yeah, and it's, it's uh, like the hangover. It's like the one couple uh, and their new neighbors turn out to be spies, right. and hilarity ensues, sure. and right. you know whatever. Okay. So, um, but it does look like it could be pretty fun, I and about that. Uh, it'll be okay. Even though sometimes Zach Galifianakis is like he can be hit or miss for me. Sometimes yeah. I like him. Sometimes I go, yeah, right. <laughs> so, so whichever one shows up for this movie is probably going to be one of the major determining factors of right. whether it's any good. Yeah. And then uh, still also on the 21st American pastoral, which is the uh, oh, Ewan yeah. McGregor directed uh, movie. That's a Dakota, Dakota Fanning, Jennifer Connelly and Ewan McGregor also uh, stars in it. And it's this, uh, frankly, very strange theory of a movie. Yeah. Um, but something that, you know, could turn out uh, pretty good. Dakota Fanning is the daughter who, like, becomes a political activist and, uh, you know, does bad things. And then how that tears apart her family right. and, you know, whatever yeah. comes of that. And it's, uh, it's kind of like a old school looking movie. It it yeah. looks like what I've seen of it is, you know, it looks like a movie that could have easily come out like, you know, 40 or 50 years ago. I right. mean, it, it's one of those, I don't know, kind of really uh, trying to throw back to the 
style and sensibilities of people who made movies a really long time right. ago and see what happens if we do that now kind of a I'm kind curious, of a thing just because i like ewan mcgregor yeah you know, i, 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 kind of I like him too and see what his what his like talent is behind the lens right so that would be kind of neat uh then on the uh 28th is uh inferno so right ron howard tom hanks Did you read that you know the whole thing Did you ever no. read the dan brown stuff no i read one and i was done I, I read the first one and i thought i don't need that it's right. uh you know it's like re- i i read part of the first 50 shades gray right yeah movie right. and then i you realized that and then i that. and then i realized that i was uh really taking more time editing it than reading it right <laughs> so right. i said forget up. it yeah um <laughs> But, you know, I'm just I'm just not even the movies of these, you know, I'm just they don't I'm just not fascinated by it or whatever. It doesn't have any ability to suck me in. And the movies so far have felt to me like uh, if you haven't read the book, we don't really care about you. Right. Uh, We're not interested in actually in a certain sense making a movie. Really, we're not. Right interested in convincing new people we're just here because the book sold enough and we only need those people and we'll be fine with that and you know so anyway they haven't wowed me this one seems that'll be the big one for the week though you're right this one it's the only thing that comes out it's it's like the only even remotely big thing that comes out at all so everybody wanted to leave that alone i guess i don't know what the i don't know what the story is for that but this one also, it just seems like uh, a weird enough idea that, like, I'm already lost interest, right? It's, yeah. uh, you know, he wakes up with the amnesia. Yeah. Now, like, we don't have enough problems. Now he wakes up with the amnesia, and he's got to figure out whatever plot, even though he's getting his memories back. And, right. you know, frankly, I've just had enough amnesia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. I'm, uh, it's, sure. it's getting old. Sure. Um, and and you know the weird thing, even though I say that, um, I I like Blind Spot. I don't really love it anymore, but I liked it at first, right? Because it was like, at least we were doing something with right. amnesia. At least there was like right. a point to it, other than, yeah, haha, amnesia. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Anyway, and uh, uh, finally, it, once we get to November. You know that, like, like I said, that's uh, the tw- the twenty eighth of October. So probably, you know, nobody had another horror movie. So why put anything out right before Halloween? No right. one's going to go see it anyway. So, um, uh, but once we get to November, you got Doctor Strange. So, um, that looks pretty fantastic to yeah. me. I don't know. It it looks um it looks like just the kind of uh sidestep from. Right. Every other average superhero movie yep. that would actually get me really interested. So right. as long as they did a halfway decent job with that movie yeah. from given what I've seen of it so far and you don't go into the movie and it was all a trick and it's a completely different movie. Yeah. Then that one should be right. really pretty fantastic. Um, then that same week, you've also got Trolls. Uh, which looks weird. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I, don't know <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how to sell that. That's just strange. You just sell that based on like who's in it. You know, it's got uh, um, Anna Kendrick and Zoe Deschanel and, and Justin Timberlake and, Justin Timberlake, and right? it's animated. And, yeah, right. So take your kids so, to it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, right. uh, it, it's really a movie that's like, whatever, it's animated. 
And look, here's cute yeah. things or right. whatever. I don't know. I don't know. It looks like a strange idea, but I will say in defense of the movie and my thinking that it's strange, there's been plenty of animated movies in the last, you know, yeah. six to seven years or whatever that I thought that looks goofy. And then I loved it. Right. So right. who knows? Yeah. Who uh, can tell? It could just be awesome. Then also on the fourth, you've got uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. A Mel Gibson directed movie with uh, Sam Worthington and Andrew Garfield and tons of other people, right. actually. Right. Um, that's a movie about World War II army medic who was a conscientious objector and yep. nevertheless got like the Medal of Honor Super or something. Hero, yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. was, uh, was, uh, uh, a, ended up a big time hero, just refused to kill anybody, but still yep. served. And, right. You know, there you go. That's a weird one because when I see it, I I actually like Mel Gibson's movies very much. He understands story, structure, pacing, plot. Act, he, he gets it all. But that film is so transparent that I know the whole film, based on the 45-second spot, just right. between this scene and that scene and the next scene in the trailer, there's like 30 minutes. Right. You know, I get that he signs up. They make fun of him. They beat him up. Like he's really ostracized, but yet he's courageous. He saves them all. They repent. They raise him on their shoulders. They meddle. You know, I right, right. It's just going to take a long time it, to see the trailer that I already know everything's going to happen. It's very, it's very I straightforward. Don't see it, yeah. You know? uh, and then finally, also on the fourth, loving, which is the uh, it's the it's Joel Edgerton and Ruth Nega, and it's the uh, it's the movie about true story. Um, about a interracial couple in Virginia in 1958 who were, who were arrested and uh, put in prison because they got married, uh, which was illegal and they did it. And and so, and that's it. I mean, that's it. Did you have down the arrival, the new Dennis Villeneuve Villeneuve? The Amy no. Saline one is that maybe that's after the, maybe that, that's after the that first might week be then. the next okay the next that's week. the next one that I'm looking forward to after the curiosity of Doctor Strange and all the other ones that we've right mentioned. but and that one makes me nervous because I love his films so much in the last few years from Prisoners which was my favorite film of the year right to Sicario which was right up there like right. he's just he's a guy who I really love watching his movies he just reminds me of Christopher Nolan in a way and then Christopher Nolan did a space epic. And I wasn't wild about it. I, mean, I watched <laughs> right, it because right. I liked it, and I liked what I liked about it. But now he's doing a space epic like Aliens, and I'm like, oh, right. man, you're really good on the ground in the world that I live in. Do right. those. I don't, I don't know. But I'm, and, I'm so and you know, it's stuff. also – I think it's a interesting comparison since we're just babbling about stuff anyway with uh, sure. Christopher Nolan because uh, all of the things that I like about both of them yeah. and both the movies that both of them make are, you know, their abilities when they are in a very certain space, when they right. are uh, doing conversations yeah. and getting uh, real reactions out of people and yeah. putting scenes together in a way that, you know, you're surprised by how effective it is yeah. when it might easily not have been and even yeah. with Christopher Nolan even the Batman movies that I don't like yeah they're still 
awesomely directed, right. I would still I would still hire him every day of the week to right. film whatever I wanted to yeah. film. I might not like the way the story goes or whatever, but they're made yeah. amazingly, right. right? Whether you end up liking the film or not. And then here's this one where, you know, like you said, Inception is like his last uh, effort at, you know, not kind of jumping into his own mind, right? right? And, and now you're going into Interstellar. I was like curious and excited and wary. Yeah, I liked a lot you of know. the idea of Interstellar, but then yeah. you watch it and the film felt so much um, like it wasn't horrible. Right. But so much of it felt like, you know, he just likes whatever he does now. Yeah. And, I, and I I'm like, cool. ah. Yeah, and, I don't always like it either, but I'm like, that's cool. Right. You know. So, yeah, it is It is like maybe so, this is going to be... The Arrival's not on your list, but what is the one you're looking forward to out of all of those? Like, we're looking at the next five weeks, you know. Out of weeks. out of all of those, I have to say, the one that I'm most looking forward to is Doctor Strange. Me too. Mostly because I I have got to know if they do it right, <laughs> you know, too. if they Absolutely. if they make it work right. Yeah. And other than that... Yeah. The problem is there are some that I'm kind of interested in, like even the accountant and Jack Reacher, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I'm fairly interested in, yeah. I'm kind of interested in American pastoral, yep. but none of them are like, Oh yeah, I'm really interested, right. you know, make that come out tomorrow sure. so I can see it right now. Right. Yeah. Like if, if we could see any of those tomorrow, I would go see Dr. Mm-hmm. Strange right. probably twice. Right. Just that's for the, that's the one you'd have to right. pick out. Okay. okay. So that's what's, uh, cool. That's what's in store for you at theaters. Good luck with right. that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, currently on Netflix is, <laughs> but anyway, so the girl on the train and yeah. uh, we'll uh, actually get into the movie. So I, I have why'd to, you, why'd you love it? I, I have to start out. Yeah. I have to start out with uh, how all of the talking that we did before. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, so, uh, listeners obviously have no idea what, what that means did, or right. what to do with that. But yeah. I did say that I was probably at like a six, maybe like some like five to six and a half range yeah. or something like that, where I was trying to actually figure out, you know, we said at the end, this one is hard because I'm trying to figure out what, what I think right. about all of the stuff and how to cram it all together into one rating. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and right. And at the end, uh, what I finally decided about this movie was that I had a lot of problems with it. There are a lot of things that I don't like about it. And, uh, and I, I really liked a lot of things about it, too. And the, the thing that really um, kind of was the nail in the coffin for me was that I was so disappointed in it at the end. Yeah based on no expectations going in. Yeah. The the expectations that were disappointed were the ones the film gave me. Right. The the movie itself was telling me all the stuff that I should like and why I should expect good things out of it. Yeah. And then left me totally disappointed and I and at the end of the day I was like you can't do that. Right. I, I can't, I can't give you a high rating. I can't even say that you're, that you're average. If you're right. going to set me up just within watching the film yeah. for being 
massively disappointed in you. Right. So, right. I mean that. Well, when we walked out, it was tricky too because we were we were talking about all of all of the stuff that we'd seen for the last hour and a half. Well, it's like 112, so almost two hours. And and I just remember feeling that maybe we missed the the best version of this, which is maybe the book. And I still right. don't know because right. when we were talking somewhat about how one of the things we often say is if, if that's in your book, then you got to change it. Cause that's just not working. I don't, I don't have no, I didn't start this book and then abandon it D shades or anything because I couldn't tolerate the bad writing. I only know that it was a big hit. And then a lot of people who fit a demographic of readers, you know, soccer mom moms or women of that age and ilk who like certain other books would recommend this to their book club. And it, and, and that's okay. There's not a problem with that. But without knowing whether or not the book is jumping all over the place, you know, it was funny when we were watching it and, and it kept like time shifting backwards and doing these things. Right. And I know how much you hate it. And I just was thinking, he's having a blast with this, <laughs> right. you know, but it, it just seemed so unnecessarily confusing to someone who hasn't read the book and isn't familiar with the book just to be confusing just, just for the just to be opaque and be like stylish in it and yeah. to me you know there's only one word and i think i said this to you there's only one word that that justifies and that's pretension like to pretend that you're more important or more artistic than something you are i think if this had just been done in a different way though i respect why they thought the non-linear storytelling was important i disagree right and having seen the film in its entirety now you can do a flashback to a moment that you're in, but don't build it like blocks that are out of order. And you said, you said exactly the same thing that I felt, which is we would cut to some other phrase, you know, some other time it would be like two months later or two months earlier. And I had to stop and think and break myself out of the moving be like, wait, what, what were we in before? Was that one month or right. four months or right. five? Well, I don't even know where I am anymore. Right. No, I've seen a lot of movies. I wasn't confused, but it jarred me from where I was and where the movie wants me to be, which is right into it. Right. And it almost felt like sometimes we see films and and I say for sure that this is a movie for people who read the book. I feel very strongly that this must be because it was a lot of stuff there that was hinted at or alluded to that I feel like maybe it was really great in the book. Right. And, and, it, again, and, it, and it's one of those things where they don't, really do it in the movie right they just sort of brush it vaguely reference it fan service that we so that about. if you've right. read the book you can go okay they have that in there and this, and you know you know what that's supposed to do right because you read the book and right. so then it does it yeah at least to a certain extent but if you haven't read the book you don't yeah. get anything out of that because it's not even trying really to get you to get anything out of that it, it's it's got interesting setups you know as as a person who loves all kinds of films both old and, and new and you know art house and action-packed like there's a real fun hitchcockian kind of hook here which is the you know the observer right and they see something now she doesn't see it it, a murder it, in the it tries but, it tries in the beginning to be very like rear window very rear window and then to like suddenly go oh no you thought it was yes, rear what? window it's a whole other thing yeah, right, right. And, and it, and which it, is good that's fine yeah. and 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 good for it for trying to explore things because i'm not going to knock something for being influenced by something that was fun i you know a lot of the films i love are influenced by other things so but i just i 
I think I told you this too, when we walked out, you know, the bookends of this film, I don't really care much for, but there's a, there's a portion of the middle that I liked very much. Yeah. And when we were in that portion, I found liking the film to be very easy because everything seemed to be working in a way that wasn't trying to give me smoke and mirrors or cast a suspicious shadow on someone who might be really the bad person right. or allude to something that really isn't going to be handled and just dropped later. Like it doesn't do that stuff necessarily, but it kind of gets in its own way for the first 30 or 40 minutes to the point where when I start getting in- interested in the film, I don't care about anybody. Right. I, I'm, I'm sitting there for you, a half hour and I'm like, I still don't care about any of you. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of good stuff. That's a problem, and, you know? and you know, the whole non linear thing um, before we completely abandon that, you know, it's not really the, non, it's not the non linearness in itself. You, right. you can do this story sure. and have it not happen in a linear fashion sure. and jump back and forth. But, you know, you do it like 50 times a movie. Yeah. And then right. it's like, you're not doing that because it serves a purpose anymore. Right. You're doing it either a, because that's exactly what the book does. And every uh-huh. chapter starts with, here's a different time. Right. Or however it works in the book, or you're just doing it because, um, you know, you know, people there have been good movies that were told non-linearly so if i do it more that will be better right if it was good then then if i just let's just do it five times as much and that will be better by definition and it's and it's not but yeah it's really (laughs) but but you know the uh, like you said there are there are really good parts in the middle of this movie but it's almost like just watching the scene yeah not in the movie. You get the scene early right. and watch it way before you see the movie and you go, yep, that's an awesome scene. Yeah. But is that an awesome scene because I care about those characters right. or because I'm invested in something that happens in a story? No, because you just watch it as a scene and yeah. go, yeah, that's a really good scene. That's done really well. Yeah. When you get to that scene in the movie, right. you should be involved in the story by yeah, then right. and it should be a very different experience watching that scene because you should have a lot more going on yeah in terms of what the movie has told you and what the movie has you know gotten you to be invested in the characters and then you know watching that scene should be a different thing and in this movie it's not it's the same right. thing it, right. it's the good scenes are really good yeah and a lot of them are really fun a lot of the uh, actors do really great stuff good yeah they do good work but when you get to those parts you it's like you're not there and a lot of it is um you know so if anybody doesn't know the whole story uh right emily emily blunt rides this train and looks looks at the houses as she goes by every day when she's commuting and you know she's very down yeah. right now and so she's like invented this fantasy life of what she thinks these people that she sees you know do and she yeah. she becomes you know oddly attached to them right then you find out why and it turns out that it's because uh the the girl that she's the most interested in right is actually just the neighbor of where she used to live right and the other people that she also looks in on and watches from the train are her ex-husband and his new wife and their baby. Right. And she just, as this, you know, odd self-flagellation, not knowing what else to do with herself, 
you know, gets really uh, something out of just looking at them, right, and watching yeah. them. And and she's very weird. And then after we get a few minutes in, we find out that she's also, you know, at this point, drunk and drinks right. all the time and has major problems with it. And then where the movie, I think, really goes wrong, um, because there's not much to not like about maybe the first five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever, when we're just right getting ourselves into the rear window thing. And then when we first start going, oh, no, it's a little different, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But after that, it spends so much time just telling you that she's a drunk over and over and over. Like there was a cut of this movie that was like 85 minutes and was probably really good, yeah. right. <laughs> right? And somebody said, what is this, 1970? You can't put out an 85-minute movie. Make yeah. it two hours. And right. so they had nothing to do except just say that she's a drunk over and over. Yeah. And, and it, just got, it, it just got oddly boring. And it was, it, you know, it, it's one of those things about watching movies. You know, you can't make a movie without uh, – being pretty interested in the psychology of watching a movie, right. not just like I like movies and right. they're good, but you know, it's, it's like the movies kicking the dog at you. And, you know, by the time you get to the hundredth dog, right. It turns out the experience of watching that dog get kicked was boring right. and didn't do anything for me and meant nothing. And we just keep watching her be a drunk because we keep having to say it because we've got nothing else to say because we're waiting till we get to the actual next thing that happens. Yeah. And we have to just keep doing it. You know, the way that the story works, a certain amount of giving her history of being a drunk is something you need to do. But it's just uh, scene after scene of watching her be drunk having excuses for us to look at her bloodshot eyes, uh, having like one more trip to her stumbling and filling up her water bottle with vodka and riding the train. Right. And it's just over and over and over and it, it doesn't do anything. And meanwhile, the movie's not really paying enough attention. I don't think to the other things that we're watching when we, when we're in most of the scenes um, with the other girl who ends up, uh, you know, going missing. And right. that's like the, the start, that, that's the start yeah. of the really dramatic portion of events. Right. right. And, and we don't know what's happening. We see scenes of her with her psychologist and we're not really paying attention to those early scenes that much right except that we want to say very generalized things about the character and what she's doing there and you know whatever right and we look at her ex-husband and the relationship they have and uh his new wife who he was having an affair with uh while he was still married to emily blunt's character right uh and the phone calls that keep happening that are from Rachel Emily Blunt. Right. And we have to do those things, but a lot of that in the early part of the movie, it's like we're doing it because we have to do it. Yeah. But not because we're real interested in in really putting on display what's happening. It's just, you know, we have to have this scene because it sets up what happens at the end. Right. 
And so fine, film it and yeah. go. And you and then you move on to the stuff where it's good and they you know were paying attention to what they were doing right. in those things in, in a lot of those scenes. Yeah. And it and it comes off so uh, a lot of it, you're you're loving it, and sort of being bored by it at the same time. Yeah, there's there's stuff in there where the you know the original idea of it, if someone were you know trying to get me to read this book, which I assume the book is you know just the movie, but much better, much more fleshed out. But even the movie, which is you know there's a lot of there's a lot of strange things going on. There's maybe an unreliable narrator because she is like, you just, you know, like you said, they make sure we know she's drunk all the time, you know, except these brief moments when she's just getting drunk, you know, when she has this clarity, but it's got, you know, tons of gaslighting in it, different forms of abuse. You know, he said, she said, and then there's like this weird disappearance and this mystery that she sees because she is just an observer. And more importantly, she's so detached from her own life she's an observer in her own life. She's not even a participant. And then she becomes a participant because she wants to help because she thinks she knows what's happened. And generically that's, that's okay. That's a pretty good thriller for me to try out as long as it's not four hours, you know, but it just, it, it avoids so much of what should be interesting for things like, you know, when we see uh, the nanny, um, Megan, uh, yeah, whatever, Megan. And she's with the therapist and she's really like sexualizing their session. Right. And it's the first session we see. And I think in the book, this is probably really effective and fun for the reader. But in real life, if I sit down and you just start hiking up your skirt and telling me all these things, I conclude our session and I right. know I can't help you. And the, this is only going to end badly for me. The book you have to think so, stages it in right. a very different it way. Must be, it must just not be, you know, chapter five, Megan at the psychiatrist. And right. then, you know, she's got like the come hither eyes, you know, on all these. No, it must actually be like a process and a reveal. And right. there must be an investment there. And that's awesome. I If there isn't, then too bad for the book because there needs to be, but I'm assuming that there is, but too bad for the movie because even though I've seen a lot of movies and I know this is the direction we're going in, you don't just get to jump. That's, that's you know, not you a have, thing. You right. have to build something up. And like you just said, take away all the time where you're telling me what I already know. I get it. She's lost and she's an alcoholic and she drinks at every opportunity. Stop showing me that you've done it effectively twice already right, and I I'm over it, it. Right. and now by 10 times I'm now looking and going you should have developed this more because the interesting thing that is also on the surface of this film and again I don't know about the book but it's funny when you talk about a film that the book material is so much better at or different people who've read it and seen the film they get like anxious because they're like no no you don't understand well I, I don't because I didn't read the book but right right at least the interesting thing here on the surface is you have three very different female characters doing three different very specific lots in life at this point. Right. And forgetting like all the English major film analysis stuff of maiden mother crone all, but you, you kind of have these things working, but they're the three characters are so interesting because they're shown in a way that I saw like everybody abuses them. Like it's, it's got a weird tone here to the point where eventually when they're all around each other, they kind of abuse themselves. Right. Like, okay. Tell me that story too. Like, don't just hint at it and then fly away from it. Because for me, on surface, the story has like this interesting thing contemporarily where Emily Blunt is 
like a lot of people who do some sort of, whether it's social media stalking, like we're always watching other people now, Like right. we're really invested in spying on other people and, you know, Facebook stalking someone or, you know, doing whatever. And there's a culpability there for the responsibility that that has. And she finds it because she might have seen something that could blow this case wide open. Right. I explore that. Right. Have fun with that. Do something really in- interesting and put her in danger. Don't just do things that for me, whether they make sense in the book or not, like this weird guy that is following her that might be the right, guy, right, right. But we see him twice. We see him one time really ominously and suspiciously staring at her over and over again. And I get it. It's because she's drunk. Right, know? right. She just keeps bopping her head into the window, I'm sure. But later we see him again. And as the audience, we're like, okay, that's creepy. But, you know, but, but like, yeah, but, but it's, it, it, yeah, it's interesting. And like, what, that's just so missed opportunities. What, what's, for, what really makes my disappointment in the movie that, yeah. <clears throat> that ultimately made me, uh, you know, take the rating down a few notches is that there are so many of these kind of interesting things about the movie that it doesn't do anything with. But you have to expect that it's going to, right? right? It's going to, it, like, if it says something that's kind of interesting, right. that it's not going to just leave that alone. Yeah. And, like, when we have the guy who is, um, who keeps popping up because yeah. he's on the train with her and he, you know, following her around, whatever, eventually he's in the same bar. Yeah. And it's actually potentially a very interesting thing to try to, you know, make some kind of statement with, right? right? Like she, she asks him why he's always following her. Right. And all it is, you know, it turns out that she's drunk and paranoid and whatever, right. you know, all she's got to go on is that the guy keeps being on the, in the same place as she is, right. but so does everyone else around her. Right? right. They all take the train to go to work every day it's all the same faces and they get off the train and walk to the same place or whatever. And then she's like, why are you here? Why are you following me here every day, lady? What, how am I following you? Right. Right. But they don't do anything with it. It's just this, it's just an excuse to have another guy in the movie because the movie shows you some flashback scenes early on um, like uh, Megan is having sex with somebody in the woods and they only show you his back right. because it's like, aha, you don't know who it is, right? right? Yeah. Except that there's no one else in the movie for it to be, <laughs> right. right? So either the movie turns out to be this weird spin on what happens in the lives of someone who is randomly killed by a serial killer or something right. that has nothing to do with anyone, or we know who it is. And they don't even they, and, and they're pretending that we don't know who it is yeah. by not showing us who it is sure. and having this other guy for no reason because because otherwise there would literally be no other males right. in, the movie in the movie that we've seen sure so we need someone else well we've got we've got this stranger who might be casting doubt and who acts as the most uh, like it's not extraordinary but he is just this foil for the irony of the film. He's watching her every day because she's on the train, and he's the bad guy, creepy man who's stalking her. But she's stalking all these other people okay. every day, right. going to their house, like following these people. And when she suspects he's following her, like there's this real opportunity. Then she, yeah, then she's like, iron. "What are you doing? Right? How? Why are you stalking me?" And he's right. like, "Lady, I live here. I'm around the corner. Like, right. what are you doing?" But 
you know, there's the, there's the strange guy on the train. There's the ex-husband, current husband, uh, you know, employer who's the same guy. And then there's the kind of sketchy, really short tempered other husband, boyfriend, you know, boyfriend, whatever guy, right. Who's probably really out to do everything, you know? And I'm like, all right, I've I've seen this a lot, not even in movies. And and they, and they don't do anything with it. And, you know, there are so many like hints of interesting things that clearly must be the interesting things of the book. Right. Right. Even from like the very beginning, it's not just that Emily Blunt is watching these people uh, or is, or is watching Megan specifically and coming up with this fantasy of her life, but also that Megan is a person who stands on her balcony in her underwear when the train goes by. Right. Right. You know, that's interesting. It's not like she's spying on, uh, you know, people who are like really desperate to not be spied on yeah. or something. Yeah. You know, she's just out there trying to be spied on practically. Right. I mean, she knows a train goes by right. every few minutes, probably right, right there. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But then it also like when Megan is in with the counselor, there's a lot of interesting stuff there, but you know, uh, anyway, they kind of, they kind of just leave that yeah. uh, as far as Megan's thing, except that they want to talk about, you know, her being sexual later, but like when she's in the, uh, with the, with the psychologist and, you know, there's, there's interesting stuff there. Yeah. Even like to the point where, you know, there's a line that clearly has to be from the book where the psychologist says, but you're just pretending to touch yourself. That should be really interesting, right? but it's not because, because what happened is she just, as far as the movie is concerned anyway. Right. right? Like it's almost like nothing happened before that to to establish uh, a relationship with them. And so you can't get anything out of that. So the movie keeps, you know, giving you all these little pieces of interesting stuff happening and then not doing it. And, and thinking that the most interesting thing about that is how it makes you unsure who killed who or didn't right. kill who or whatever, right. when that's not what's interesting about right. it, you know? And they do that a bunch. It's not just, they don't do it a hundred times, but there were enough of those fumbles in the parts of the film that I found to be really uninteresting that really obstructed having a fun time with the movie and really got in the way of it of right. succeeding. The, the stuff that was really good, like, like we said before, is all the stuff in the middle when they finally just settle down. And it doesn't seem like the scenes have to be 60 or 30 seconds long. Like they, they can actually be scenes where right. the characters develop and the story reveals itself. And then there is a little bit of a payoff, if, if I'm being honest, like not a forgiving, like it, 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 it doesn't really pardon at all. But, you know, this weird flash forward and flashback, well, that's a flashback actually, when you see uh, Megan in the tub, yeah, you know, and then later you realize what's happened. And then later you realize even more why in the beginning, when she's a nanny, why she hates it so much. Like that might be the most effective circular, like storytelling thing yeah. that they did, because it really does pay off later when you realize what's happened to her and why is she the way that she is? You, you get, you get a really good I feel, uh, translation of yeah. her motivation. And, and, I'm, throughout. and I'm hoping, God, the book, if it did this, then the book really is worth reading. And no wonder it was a bestseller. And, and if it didn't, then maybe I'm doing all the heavy work, but if it had certainly done what it did with her throughout and it, and it does try, 
yeah. you know, into another, uh, to a lesser extent, like, I feel like that's the best example. The, the, a step down or two or three down is when we realize what Rachel really has happened to her when right. she's been, you know, gaslit. Right. And, and that is effective too, but it just doesn't have the cleverness to it, or at least the, maybe clever is not the right word, but at least the, the precision to it. Like I still liked it and it, and it made me feel a little empathetic, but it was way too late. Right. Right. Like at this point now, all I'm doing is seeing the, <sighs> the tricky, like mystery suspense thriller, ghost in the machine that you can pull on me and oh the person in the woods like you mentioned that we can't really see now we see who that is i i figured that out all right fine. You know, but yeah. let's do it and even kind of the thing that was strange like actually what was kind of minorly annoying was the way well i don't know if i necessarily want to end the ending but i thought that the ending was uh too too coy and too pompous in a way it was almost like we're going to solve things with a like with a croquet mallet right we're middle class it, bourgeois it, kind it, of thinking it seemed like like it just seemed very patronizing in it, a way it seemed like, like i don't know you, you know if that's the exact way I, it happened in the book yeah, right I don't know either. but the ending like the true you know true ending of the movie yeah um it really felt like a scene that there were about 10 or 12 versions of it. And we ran it through some, uh, you know, test audiences, test audiences and which, which one did they like? And it was like, Oh, I like that one. And, and, and and so stick it in, right. Whether it, it really serves a function in the story or not, but uh, you know, people liked that. That's what happened. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it even, had a certain amount to me of you know everything has to be like the most evil person ever right and i'm like you know what you could still have this story and and he you know he's a bad guy right he's you know he's clearly you know on the on the serious side of the bad spectrum right we don't have to just keep going until he's like the most evil person ever. And one of the things, and I I don't know if that's how it is in the book or if they kind of amped that up a little bit for the movie or whichever way it works. But if it is that way in the book, I still don't like it. Right. Right. It's still not good. You know, the, the thing that's weird for me is um, I'm just kind of over, you know, like all of the best, uh, superhero movies are it's the destruction of the whole universe if not the whole planet or whatever and every movie with a bad guy they have to be a sociopath and be the world's most evil person everything's always and it it, you know it's like somehow storytellers at this point are just fascinated with sociopaths yeah it's like everyone has to be and there's some like weird I don't even know. There's some weird like cultural thing that's trying to be said about you can feel better about yourself because at least you're not a sociopath or right. whatever. Like right. people are still bad people, even though they right. aren't all the way off the end of the spectrum. And what, I, I just, I thought once you get to the end of this movie, yeah. we don't need it. Right. We don't need to right. just keep saying he's evil even any more than we need to just keep saying that she's drunk. Right. I mean, exactly. I, I mean, we could, I could pepper examples in, but I don't, I mean, I feel like 
all it does is reinforce the exact same thing we've said. You know, it right. This is an okay film. It, it's a little below the average line for me. I think that fans of the book will certainly go see it because I expect fans of the book are rabid about it and are definitely and definitely are curious about. I, I imagine are going to like it. Although what yeah, I've heard I so. is that there there are a lot of people who don't like how the screenplay worked out. Sure, it's weird. I mean, and, and you know even. Before we just uh, go, because we're already uh, yeah. past our hour anyway, but you know the thing. One of the things too is that all of the things that I don't like about the movie, yeah, all come together to you know aid each other. Yeah, you know, like when you right. have when you have like a good scene, yeah, and you're and you're going, hey, maybe this is gonna uh, be really good now. Then as soon as we move out of that scene, we have to time travel, right. Yeah. And have a scene we don't need and right. watch her be drunk again or, yeah. you know, watch sure. some other thing. When we when we have there's the one scene where um, Megan's husband comes in and has to be like really abusive at Emily Blunt right. and and, you know, turn on his flashing. I'm a nut job sign. Right. Just so that he can. Right. Right. And that scene doesn't actually do anything except yeah. that it lets her go to the police so that Alice and Janie can give her some shit right. about being right. a nut job. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, but I just was in the good scene. And then right. now you have to do yeah, all these, all the other yeah. bad things over again at me. So I, I, I don't know. I, as I watched it, when I walked out, I was like, ah, but I, I like the story. I do too. But it turns out that what I like is the story that isn't, actually being the story to. that happened yeah. to me it's the story that i can kind of yeah pull out of it yeah. myself right i like i like the movie that i imagine someone else making right out of this same right. story and, and that i can't give you a lot of points right. for that <laughs> and it's a little frustrating because i think emily blunt does a fair enough job once the director leaves her alone to pretend she's drunk all the time uh, i don't know i have to since we haven't really talked about yeah uh, the actress specifically that there was a, a a level to this movie where it really became distracting to me that she is not good at acting drunk. Right. And, and that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. And I, I love her. Yeah. She's really great in virtually everything else I've seen her in that I, you know, can think of right now, right. Uh, uh, all the movies I've seen her in, I love her. Yeah. I don't even just think, you know, she's okay. No, I think she's, she's really good yeah. in everything. But I don't know what it I don't know what the story is really. I don't know if she's never been drunk. Right. I don't know if no one on the set of this movie has ever been drunk or ever seen a drunk person or been around uh, drunk people. But she doesn't act drunk. Right. I mean, she doesn't act like a drunk. Yeah. She doesn't act like a massive alcoholic, you know, who's right. really on the edge yeah. of of just drinking themselves to death right. and getting alcohol poisoning and right. and being in the back of the train yeah. and someone thinks you're asleep and, you know, whatever. I can't wait. She just doesn't act like a, a drunk. Like, I, mean, I can't I mean, wait I for her to get recast in the Leaving Las Vegas remake yeah nick cage and then you have to watch and then i have two to, hours and then i have to watch it on, yeah i don't know but it was weird and you know she doesn't have to be great at it yeah but once i start being kind of distracted by thinking about how 
bad this is, then then it's gone wrong. I mean, she doesn't necessarily have to be the you know win the title of right. best at acting drunk, <laughs> but if it becomes a distracting thing in in a movie where she has to always be drunk, right? Then then it's yeah. then somebody involved with this movie yeah knows right. that I'm right <laughs> and and didn't yeah. change anything and you know whatever. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think we pretty uh, yeah. well covered that movie. So I, I you know, I really, I, I really can't recommend seeing this. Yeah. But I don't know that it matters. Right. right? You're if, gonna if you're going to see it, right. you're going to see it no matter what any critic move right. critic says. That's right. just this movie. That's like telling somebody you don't really like the Harry Potter movies. Right. The hell difference does it make? Right. Everyone who who read this book is going to go see the movie. And I think most of them are All probably right. going to have at least, you know, like a seven or eight time with it. Yeah, I do too. Because it's, it's, well, it's got, it's got the basics there and it yeah. does a lot of things good. Right. Um, it's also kind of like seeing a movie that, you know, you know, the Butler did it before you well, I go knew, see it or whatever. I knew what we were in for real quick, just because the trailers before are a litmus test in a way for both the film you're going to get sometimes and the audience you have certainly. And when the audience we had were surprised and scared sounding and spooked and really exhilarated by the M night trailer. Oh yeah. Which I think just looks laughable. <laughs> right. And sad. Because then, McAvoy then you're really like, okay, we know where you are. Like right. this is going to be a big hit with this crowd. Right. Cause if that is enough to awe them, then this is going to blow their mind. Right. And, and they would, they would be in the corner crying if they saw gone girl. Like, so, right. And, and I, and I would be interested actually to uh, know if somehow we could get like a Metacritic of yeah. people who have and haven't seen it uh, before, because there was clearly a mix in, yeah. in our theater because there were people right. all around us being really loud yeah, um, who were talking about how it compared to the book or how this certain part was not like it was in the book or right. was like it was in the book. Yeah. And there were plenty of other people around us going, wait, who's he again? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really, yeah, it was really interesting. And it was, uh, it was, it was clearly, yeah, it, was it was clearly like the women going, look, that's this person. Just yeah. shut up. Yeah. Be quiet. Anyway. Good scenes coming up. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so the accountant next week. All right. That's uh way too much talking about yeah. this film anyway. So yeah, the accountant and, uh, as we said, looking forward to it, but a little nervous, I'm but curious, I have yeah. a feeling that we're going to have a better box office this week than yeah. $24 million uh, taking the lead. So the, uh, I don't think the account's going to have any kind of trouble doing that either, but I hope it beats birth of a nation, but uh, <laughs> how could it not? Right? Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's it for this, this week thanks so much for tuning in and uh one more time we'll be back next week with the accountant uh please please share uh subscribe on itunes rate us on itunes and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us yeah. thanks bye Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. 
Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. 